So today we are resuming our study in the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. And as in the first message, when pastor introduced, we can also call the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, last week we had a break with uh, Brother Andre from Iraq, uh, sharing God's word from Psalm 13. But this morning, we are then resuming in our studying and the message from the book of Mark, and indeed, oh, from the book of Acts, sorry, <laughs> and in this series entitled The Gospel in, in Motion. And today we will continue in chapter 20, and our focus will be in verse 28 only. Uh, at the beginning, when Pastor uh, gave uh, this passage, I said, what can be preached in uh, 40, 30 minutes in one verse? But uh, this is a very loaded verse. And even the time that we have today, it's not enough for us really to expose everything that is in this verse. But last time that we were in the book of Acts, Pastor taught us about the characteristic of a godly leader. We spoke about four main characteristics, and we saw that from verse 17 to verse 27 of Acts uh, 20. So, and we saw that these godly leaders are in the context of the local church, known as elders, pastors, or overseers, and in some traditions, they are also known as bishops. And today, we will talk about three important aspects of the ministry of these leaders as we start and meditate Paul's words to the elders at the church of Ephesus, as I said in verse 28 in this chapter 20, as Luke, the author of this book, has uh, narrated to, to us. But for sake of the context, we will read the preceding verses, starting from verse 70, to better understand today's topic, the elders' ministry, the elders' ministry. But before we read God's word, let's just pray and ask the Lord to speak to us this morning as we have just sang. Father, once again, we praise you for the privilege that we have to sit here under your word. We pray that you help us to grasp the heights, O oh Lord, of your plans and your thoughts for us as individuals, as a family, and as a church, and that Christ will be glorified in this place. Father, I pray that you may remove from us any stony heart and give us a humble heart that will receive your word, not as a word of man, but as a word of God that is able to save our souls. As we learned this morning, Lord, we need you to save us. We need you to transform us. We need you to give us the understanding of the scriptures. Without you, we cannot do anything. 
Therefore, we ask for your help this morning. Help us to embrace the principles that you have set clearly in your word so that we may experience, O oh Lord, the blessings that you have for us in our Lord Jesus Christ. May Jesus Christ be glorified in this place that men will not be seen, but your word will be exalted in and through the power of your spirit. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Acts 20, verses 70 to 28, that says the word of God. Now from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. This is talking about Paul. And when they came to him, Paul, he said to them, You yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time, from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews. How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you the, in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I am going to Jerusalem constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as a precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of grace of God. And now behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see me again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God with which he obtained in his own blood. So have we started uh, in, in our journey in the book of Acts, we saw in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that Jesus has commissioned the disciples as witness in Jerusalem, or to be his witness from Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So through the power of the Holy Spirit that they have, that they have received from, the, from on high, they would proclaim Christ as the Messiah, as the King of Israel, and also the King of the nations. 
This is the heart of the message of His grace, of God's grace. That Jesus' atoning work is not simply the basis for proclamation of God's forgiveness, but it was also the basis of the formation or the forming and maintaining of the community that this gospel created. And we start seeing the journey that when people heard and believed the gospel, they were being saved, and then they started adopting, adopting another lifestyle by embracing and living out the principles and the values of God's kingdom together in the new communities that they were, were being formed in every city the disciples went. The principles and the values that these communities were adopting were completely counter-cultural, marked mainly by the unity and the life together of Jews and Gentiles in these communities. Every place where these apostles went, they created this community. And turn to, with me to Acts now chapter 14, just for us to see this very clearly. And that was our journey for a long time. Just go to Acts 14 from verse 21 to verse 23. This is talking about Paul and Barnabas, and we have seen that in their mission to Lystra, to Icon, and to Antioch. So the Bible says that when they had preached the gospel to the city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, to Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, in the faith and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. Pay attention to verse 23. And when they had appointed elders... For them, talking the disciples there, in every church, with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. So every time that disciples were made, among that disciples, the apostles would appoint elders for that church that has been created. And this pattern of the apostles is also seen in the Old Testament. God has always had people under him that led Israel, the people of God, in the Old Testament. There are echoes uh, of here in this passage of this reality expressed in Jeremiah 23, Ezekiel uh, 34, Zechariah chapter 10. God always had leaders in Israel to shepherd his people in the way that reflects 
his own shepherding care. And in the New Testament, it doesn't change. God has always, and as we saw in chapter 14, even the apostles, they had that in mind, reason why they had appointed elders in every church that was being formed or created. This truth makes us understand that God uses the same pattern today. He has people under him that he puts in place to lead his people in the way Jesus Christ himself would lead them. And these people, they are called the elders or pastors or overseers, as we said before. And as we see from his word this morning, these three aspects of the ministry of the elders in the local church, in the church of God, I pray that the Holy Spirit will cause us to, to trust God's wisdom in a way that he has put in place his plan by which local churches, these new communities of new believers must function so that we all as individual, family, and as a church may experience the blessings that are already ours in our Lord Jesus Christ. And this topic for us today is very countercultural as well, even today. Because talking about authority, talking about uh, people in leadership today, has been a matter of bad experience for, for many people because we perceive what is going on in this world knowing that we have corrupt leaders in our countries and even in the churches that many of us we came from. We see in the news, we see all over even experience some of us in our workplaces, leaders that doesn't have the same values that our Lord Jesus Christ. And because of this bad experience, we bring this bad experience to our relationship with God in the context of the church, the local church. But let me ask you, for you to disarm yourself this morning before I start entering deep in this verse. The principle of authority and leadership is God's given. It is a blessing for us. God has instructed authority and leadership to bring order to bring beauty, to bring harmony, and to bring growth. From the time that he created until Jesus coming, and throughout eternity, this principle of leadership, authority, accountability, 
will be present. So it is better for us to learn about this today with our heart not focused on men, but focused on God, who is a good father, and he knows how to take care of you. And when he instructs us in his word, it's only for our benefit, not to destroy us. So forget your bad experience about leadership, even at your workplace, or even at home, or even in your family. Forget about that and focus yourself in God and listen what God has in store for you this morning. The ministry of the elders in the local church. So verse 28, the Bible says, the first sentence there, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock. Paul says these words to the elders in the church of Ephesus. So that's my first point. The first aspect of the ministry of the elders is to pay careful attention to themselves and to the flock. In the context, this flock is the flock of the church in Ephesus. So, but the question is, what is the reason that Paul is asking them, the elders, first of all, to pay attention to their lives? Simply because elders must be a role model in the church. I'm not saying perfection, guys. <laughs> but elders, they must be a role model in the church. Paul is talking to them, to these elders, with his own example. He says, and Pastor was very clear last time we, have he, we, we were in Acts, in, in verse 18, that you have seen yourselves, Paul is telling the elders, how I lived among you, with all you or serving the Lord with all humility and with tears. So God is asking through these scriptures that those that are in the place of ruling, or let me say, providing guidance to the flock of God, they must pay attention to their lifestyle. Why? Simply because they are in place that Jesus Christ himself would be if he was in this world. Under Jesus Christ, these under-shepherds need to represent well the shepherd who is our Lord Jesus Christ. Elders cannot give to the flock what they don't have. They cannot impact the flock 
with what they don't have. They must receive from the, the, the shepherd who is our Lord Jesus Christ, and them as under shepherd, they need to provide the same thing that they received from our Lord Jesus Christ to the flock. But Paul continues and says that they can not only watch out on their selves, on their lives, but also to all the flock. And see there, the context that Paul is, pre is saying this word is the church of Ephesus. And from our Bible study in the book of Ephesus, you will remember that there were conflict between who? Jews and Gentiles. They were not getting along very well. And envisioning this, Paul is saying to them, to these elders, you cannot be uh, caught in this conflict between Jews and Gentiles by separating or taking care of Jews only or taking care of Gentiles only, but you need to take care of all Jews and Gentiles, everyone that is part of the flock. And this is for us important as elders of New Life Church, myself, Pastor, uh, Brother Ray, Brother Robert, and very soon, by God's grace as well, Tinos. We are called to serve God in the way that Paul is instructing us to do in here. We need to serve the people of, that God has entrusted us in, he, in our care, with all humility, with tears, and with trials as well. Is it, it is not an easy task because we are weak men, feeble, but that we have a big God who can strengthen us to do that. And brothers that are here, God may be calling you for this responsibility as well. Don't shy away from the responsibility that, that God has given you if you feel that calling in your heart. My second point this morning is the next sentence that we see in same verse 28 in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. The question is, who has appointed or made uh, the elders, elders, the overseers, overseers? Paul is saying here that is the Holy Spirit. It is not just a main idea, but in and through the sovereignty and the wisdom of God, he has put people, men, to oversee his, his flock. Once I saw this verse, the question that came to my mind, or the 
the thought that came to my mind was exactly what happened to us when we came to this world. Whenever a new baby comes to this world, automatically the baby comes under a leadership of their parents, automatically. I say at the beginning that the principle of leadership, authority, is God's given, is embedded in our making. And when we come to Christ, when we come or when we are born again in him, automatically these principles apply also to us. We come under the leadership of the elders. Don't see men. See what God is saying in his word. So overseers is the same word for pastors or can also be translated as pastors or elders are people that God has chosen to be part or to be responsible for his household. In the pastoral epistles of Titus, in chapter 1, verse 7, the Bible says that the overseers as stewards, stewards, overseers as stewards, and we know that a steward on those days were a person that were being put to manage the household of a patriarch. He didn't have authority of his own. He had a delegated authority that he had to implement in the household of that patriarch. So he was in charge in behalf of the patriarch, not in his own name. So when elders are overseeing God's people, they don't do that because they gain something. They don't do that in a domineering way. They don't do that in a bullying way. They, are, they do that through setting an example to the flock, as we read in our open scripture reading in 1 Peter chapter 5. Yes, God has put and delegated this responsibility to feeble men, not for them to profit from the sheep, not for them to abuse spiritually and physically the flock. But unfortunately, if I ask you if you have seen leaders and elders, pastors doing these things, you have a lot of examples to refer to, to oppose to the leadership and authority of the elders. But as I say in the beginning, don't focus 
on men. Focus in God that is giving you this word this morning. Brothers and sisters, God knows what authority and leadership provides to his local church. He has set this plan. He has set this strategy. He has set or established this pattern for his glory to be seen in this world. Will we accept this, embrace this in our lives? I said in the beginning, this principle, this, uh, this principle God has established to protect, to give beauty, to give order, and spiritual growth to the local churches. My third point and last this morning is what is the purpose for this careful attention of the elders that, God, that the Holy Spirit has made their, themselves overseers? The purpose is to care. That they are the ministry, the third aspect of the ministry of the elders. They are there to care. To care for who? For the church of, of God which he, God, obtained with his own blood. Pay attention that at the beginning, Paul says that they need to pay attention to the flock. And here, is, he's saying that this flock is what? The church of God. This is the big picture or a good picture of what we have been preaching about the universal church and the local church. The flock is the church in Ephesus. Which, or oh, this church in Ephesus is part of the church of the living God. That's why he has appointed elders in each local church in order for them to be trained and to grow to be mature and to do the work the work of the ministry because they belong to the church of God but brothers and sisters when the bible says over there that the third point is that the shepherds, they need to care about the flock of God. See again the picture of the household of uh, God in this passage. Let me just turn your attention to 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. Can you turn there in your Bible, please? 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 14 and 15. Paul is writing to Timothy that at that time was the pastor 
in this church of Ephesus, and he had so many issues on that uh, church. But pay attention to these words that he says to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. Paul says, I hope to come to you soon, but I'm writing these things to you so that if I delay, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of, of God, which is what? The church of the living God, a pillar, a buttress of the truth. Brothers and sisters, as elders of New Life Church, we really believe that true worship to God has an instruction or has to be done according his instructions in his living word. Because Paul is saying to Timothy here that there is a way that one should what? Behave in the household of God. And elders are there in place just to help everyone to know how to behave in the household of God. This metaphor is across the pastoral epistles a lot. And as I said, it is where elders have that responsibility of stewardship, a manager. So they do everything that the chief shepherd instructs them to do. They cannot come with their own ideas, their own plans, and their own agenda. They cannot come with any other word and not binding people's conscience without depending of the chief shepherd. They just need to do what the chief shepherd, our Lord Jesus Christ, has instructed us. Why? Because elders, they are accountable to God for the flag or for God's family. And honestly, if we cannot tremble at this, There is something in our heart that needs to, push, to, put, uh, to be put in place correctly. Brothers and sisters, God has said that one day when he comes, he will come to Pastor Garrett first, then he will come then to Robert, Brother Ray, then Pedro, and then he will ask, how did you lead my people? It puts a huge responsibility. But it gives to the church also a responsibility. Let's just go to Hebrews chapter Hebrews chapter 13, 
The Bible says over there, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will, give, who, who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that will be of no advantage to you. Of course, I put all the load of this message to the elders. But God is calling the church also to play the part in this plan that he has put in place for local church to function. Is a synergy between the chief shepherd, the under shepherds, and the local church. We as under shepherds, we are also sheep. And I hope that you trust from the bottom of our hearts that we recognize that. Pastor preached in this place about um, Apollos no, in chapter 18. And how many times we have opened up, and you may know, some of you, our weakness and our failures. But one thing I want you to be sure about, New Life Church, that everything that we do is out of love for Christ and for you. Even in the moments where we fail, it's out of love, at least that our intention is for you. We are here to serve the chief shepherd and to serve you in all humility. There is nothing in us that can be transforming or the, that holds the power to transform people's life. We depend only in the almighty God, the chief shepherd, our Lord Jesus Christ. Why it is important, as I was preparing this message, I heard Alistair Begg's testimony in his church, Parkside Church in uh, US. He said that the first three years of his ministry, he didn't feel that the church was responding to him in the way that he saw in the Bible and he thought that it would happen when he entered into ministry. And the analogy he, he gave was of, you know, those bells that they have cords. If you pull, then the noise will be made. So he said that he was pulling the cord, but the bell was not emitting any noise. 
And when I thought about that, I say, what then would be the connection between the cord and the bell in this example? For me, is trust. If there is no trust in what God has put in place for local churches to grow in and through the ministry of under shepherds, if there is no trust from the under shepherds to the congregation and from the congregation to the under shepherd, we will be completely separated, pulling the cord always, but not seeing any good sound in this case. So I'm here, New Life Church, to say that as elders, we trust in our chief shepherd, that he will enable us and give us strength for us to love him and for us to love you as he loves you. And in the areas that we are failing, please be praying for us. Be praying for us. In the areas that you see that there are mistakes, please be praying for us. It is for our own good because God has established this plan for order, for beauty, and also for us to experience the blessings that is already ours in our Lord Jesus Christ. When the Bible calls us to care for you in a way that our Lord Jesus Christ cares for you, it demands trust from you to us and from us to you and us both under the sheep shepherd, our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, indeed, there is much to say about this simple verse, but loaded of meaning and loaded also with your thoughts for the local church. I pray, Heavenly Father, through the message that we heard this morning, that your spirit will move in new life church for a new season of beauty, for a new season of order, for the new season of spiritual growth, and for the new season of experiencing your, bl your blessings that you have given us in and through our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray again, Lord, Make us to grasp the heights of your thoughts and your plans for us so that Jesus Christ will be known in this world and that his name will be glorified now and forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.